Hello, hello. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Laura Days and this conversation, if if you are tired of diet culture, if you are dreading the holidays because you don't want to have those same conversations with your family about diet or whatever choices you're making, if you are sick of being bombarded this time of year with diet plans and meal plans and all the gurus telling you how to restrict yourself during the holidays, how to stay on track, how to get back on track, this episode is for you. Lara is a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, yoga instructor, and sports nutritionist who is on a mission to dismantle the diet industry and empower people to live their happiest, healthiest, and most confident lives. Lara focuses on improving your mindset, unlearning your past conditioning, and creating productive habits so that you can find food freedom, ditch the diet culture, and step into your power. This episode is full of energy, fun, and if you are tired of diet culture like I am, you're going to love what Lara has to say. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. Hey, Laura, thank you so much for joining me today and, and coming on the show. I'm very excited to have you here. I'm so excited to be here. It's, um, you know, this is a topic I hold really close to my heart, my backgrounds in fitness and nutrition. And so I always love having people come from the health and wellness industry come on the show because it's it's a topic I feel really passionate and excited about myself. So this is um, this is exciting for me. I love it. Yeah, I talk about it all day. So you'll probably have to cut me off. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I won't cut you off. I promise. I promise. We'll be all good. We'll be all good. So I think this is really timely because we're heading into the holiday season and. Uh, we know that this time of year, the diet gurus love to come at us and hit us with all kinds of um, all kinds of sales pitches and nonsense and very confusing and misleading, often misleading information. So uh, let's let's start there. How do we manage that? Navigate through it. What do we need to know about it? Yeah, I think the most important thing to understand about the diet industry is that it is a $72 billion industry that has basically made all 72 billion of those dollars by selling things that they know don't work. Um, if mm. they worked, then people wouldn't have to be repeat customers <laughs> and they right. bank on having repeat customers because they know that their products don't work. Um, so that's really the most important thing to understand, um, which is so unfortunate, but the, the problem lies and I won't get too far off topic. Cause this is, I could get on like a whole, so oh, let's no, it, let's go but, for it. <laughs> um, the problem lies in a few different things. One of them is the lack of education around nutrition. Obviously we all grew up in different places, but when I was growing up in Iowa, we didn't really learn anything besides the food pyramid. <laughs> and yeah. that is so archaic, like good luck eating 11 servings of grains every day. I <laughs> love my carbs, but I don't even think I would be able to eat 11 servings of grains in a day. I'm like That's a challenge I could, I could go for though. I mean, yeah, I could take it on. <laughs> I could take it on for sure. 
Um, I would get close, but yeah, it, you know, without the information, it's just so easy for the diet industry to prey on the fact that we don't understand how our bodies work. We don't mm-hmm. understand nutrition. Um, and going into this time of year, especially and getting around to um, the new year, they take advantage of the fact that many of us have not achieved whatever our goals were for the prior year. And it's basically just feeding on our own insecurity. And it's, it's really tough to navigate some of the advice that I give to my clients, um, are to detox, not in the way that diet culture <laughs> detox, but detox from social media accounts that are promoting these things. You can report ads. I report ads all the time for violence and misinformation because nice. the diet industry has advertisements that are both violent and misinformation. Um, so if I see, you know, some waste trainer or detox or whatever cleanse pop up on my ads, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere else, I report the ads um, because I don't need to see them. And if we're just continuing to let these things permeate our environment, it's going to be a lot more challenging to escape from those thought patterns. Um, And, you know, if you have friends or family who are involved getting into, (laughs) you know, I I don't necessarily want to promote conflict with family and friends, but our own health and well-being comes first. And if we need to set hard boundaries with people and say, Hey, I'm actually working on my relationship with food and my body. And when you talk about weight loss, it's very triggering to me, do it. If you need to unfollow or mute people, both on social media or in real life, do it. Like we, we can't help that these, these messages are everywhere, but we can control sometimes the extent to which we see them. And so that part is something that we do have a responsibility for. Yes, absolutely. And so how about people who, you know, maybe are working on their relationship with food and, and also want to be healthy, or maybe they do want to lose some weight Mm -hmm. and they're going to the holiday season. Is there like, does, you know, the word balance comes to mind all the time because people talk about, well, you do it with balance or like, does that exist? And if it does (laughs) exist, what does that look like for someone who is trying to be more conscious of their health and take care of their bodies? And at the same time, um, like maybe just wants to enjoy the holidays. Like how do we, is there a right? Is there a wrong? How do we do it? Totally. There's not a right or a wrong. Um, Nothing about health and wellness is black and white. And if we have that black and white thinking that all or nothing, that right and wrong, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment and failure um, because the middle ground is honestly where the magic happens. I call myself a gray area coach. I don't really believe (laughs) in any kind of extremes. Um, And I also understand that everyone's life is different. Everyone's body is different. Everyone's goals are different. And so to think that one thing would work for everyone just doesn't make any sense. Um, And so going into the holidays, you know, I guess if we back up and, and look at weight loss goals, this is a super common goal that people have is to lose weight. The first thing that I ask is why? And most people think 
they, they give me an answer that's something like, oh, well, um, you know, I want to be healthier. Okay. Well, how are your labs? Like, do you have to lose weight to be healthier? Probably not. There's actually a lot of research emerging. Um, and I, I'm planning on doing a super nerdy, like mm-hmm. post all about this in December. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of research emerging about how being overweight and even sometimes being obese has less to do in and of itself with our health than the fact that a lot of people who are overweight and obese are lacking healthy behaviors, like health promoting behaviors. They may not be very active. They may be eating a lot more convenience foods, which talking about equity and food is like a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't all have access to organically grown, you know, hand plucked (laughs) vegetables or eggs or whatever, like not everyone has access to that. And so anyway, you know, the idea that these, the lack of health promoting behaviors is actually what is detrimental to our health is becoming more and more known in the health, wellness, and medical fields. Unfortunately, most of the doctors and, you know, RDs and all of these people who are working now went to school in a time where we were literally taught that obesity is unhealthy or being overweight is unhealthy. And so people just don't know better. Um, And so getting to the why behind the weight loss is super important. If you want to be more confident, I think that's an amazing goal. You don't actually have to change your body in order to be confident. Mm -hmm. And I am sure we all know someone who got to their goal weight and they still didn't feel any differently because confidence doesn't actually have anything to do with what we look like. <laughs> um, and so when we're going into the holidays and thinking about, or, you know, going into January 1st and thinking about these goals or health goals or whatever, weight loss goals, it's like, well, what, what actually is the goal? Because nothing changes when the number on the scale goes down. So what are you actually looking for? Mm, and right. yes. And so that deeper why is really, that's the actual goal, right? Weight loss is hardly ever the goal. And with that in mind, if we are going to holiday dinners and New Year's Eve events and whatever, is that one meal or those couple meals, like, are those really going to make that big of a difference toward being more confident or being healthier? Of course not. Um, I approach the holidays really from just a point of, uh, and no differently than the rest of my life. And that is being able to trust my body. I know when I eat something that makes me feel like shit, I know when I haven't slept enough, I know when I need to take a break from the gym and I know when it's time for me to get my body moving a little bit more, (laughs) right? Like I just took a, almost a full week off from the gym because of Thanksgiving, um, in the U S and my body is saying like, Hey girl, I need to move a little bit. (laughs) It's been a minute. Whereas there are other times where my body is like, listen, you need to settle down. (laughs) You're going a little hard. And that's where confidence comes from. It's just trusting ourselves. And if we think about other areas in our lives where we feel confident, maybe it's at work, maybe it's in your relationship. It's because we trust ourselves to do what we need to do. And the problem with health and wellness is that we don't trust ourselves because we've had all of these external factors like diet culture or our mom or our doctor or someone telling us to do something else with our body or telling us to follow a meal plan. Following a meal plan 
isn't trusting your body. It's listening to some other person tell you what to eat. And so when we trust our body, we don't have any fear going into the holidays. I know that I'm going to stop eating when I feel full enough. I know that I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. I know I personally can't eat dairy. I know that I'm going to be asking (laughs) what's in this, because if it looks good and I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. But if I can't, then I won't. Um, And if we don't have these black and white rules and we aren't worried about, um, you know, finding this perfect balance, which is different for everyone, once again, Mm -hmm. then it's really not, it shouldn't be too stressful. Um, And it's not going to make that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things. I gave one of my clients an example. I eat more than three meals per day, but if someone eats three meals per day, we eat 1,095 meals in a year. Hmm. If you think that your three holiday dinners are going to absolutely <laughs> fail you, like, let's look at that math. <laughs> You're yeah. going to be fine. And if the scale is triggering for you, don't get on it. There's no reason to get on the scale after a holiday meal. I don't have a reason to get on the scale, period. Um, I'm not, I used to be a weight class athlete. And so I had to be on the scale to make weight for my weightlifting meets. I don't do that anymore. I have no reason to be on the scale. Neither does anyone else unless they're a weight class athlete. So stay off of it. Like if there are things that trigger you this time of year, just like I was saying, when it comes to, um, you know, not being bombarded with diet culture stuff, like we can take responsibility and we can remove some of those things that are triggering for us. Yeah. How do we, you know, you mentioned like, you've talked about trusting yourself, but what if you're, and I'm, you know, I'm speaking also for myself, cause I've gone through the whole gamut of extreme dieting and fitness competitions. And then, you know, to where I am today, but if you've, you know, you've been in this diet culture world and you've done all the dieting and you've lost your center of what is right for your body. Mm-hmm. How do we find that trust again, to be able to say like, yes, I know what I need to eat. And I know what feels good for my body. And I can make healthy decisions that support me like physically and mentally and spiritually and socially and all of those things mm-hmm. when we've been off on such an extreme to, to one side of it, how do we find that our equilibrium, I guess, how do we find yeah. that again and, and begin to trust? I mean, as a coach, I really value hiring co- coaches. I have my own, um, coach myself for not health and wellness right now, though I have hired health and wellness coaches in the past. Um, but the, the value of having someone support you and lead you in this work is invaluable. Um, is it possible to do it on your own? Yes. Is it going to take much longer and be a much more frustrating process? Also? Yes. Um, I, I think, you know, finding, People, if you're on social media, like if you're someone who spends time on social media, finding accounts that talk about health at every size or food freedom um, or intuitive eating are really a really good place to start. And some tools, I actually, (laughs) this was such a common question that I got that my, I have a freebie that's a three-day course called Trust Your Bod, Yo. So I have these, yeah, so I can send you the link so you can put it in the show notes. Um, But I really just give some tools that start off very simple, like doing a mind-body scan when you wake up in the morning to just check in with yourself. And 
I say mind body because we need to be aware of how we're feeling both physically and emotionally. Um, you know, if you wake up and you're feeling kind of anxious, what does that tell you about your needs for that day? If you wake up and you're feeling sore from your workout the day before, what is that telling you, you know, and, and changing our behaviors in a way that's going to honor what our body is telling us because being able to listen to it as part of it, but actually honoring its needs is the most important part. Yeah. Um, and so things like doing a mind body scan, um, taking time to eat is a huge one. If we are eating on the go, eating really fast, not chewing our food, if we're distracted, how can we expect ourselves to be able to tell how foods are making us feel or when we're full or whether we're still hungry? Like we can't do that if we're just shoveling food into our face <laughs> five seconds flat, right? And, and um, giving ourselves grace through the process too. We have years of conditioning that we're having to shift and it does not happen overnight. Right. And so, you know, in terms of finding a coach, like what are some things people should look for in finding a coach or maybe even more importantly, what are some red flags to avoid if you're looking for that person? Cause I know, you know, I'm a coach too, and I've had, I've had really phenomenal coaches. I've also had coaches where, um, you know, they led me down a path that wasn't right for me. So what, what would you say are the red flags to watch out for and, and what should they be looking for? Yeah. I think red flags would be anything that promises a result. Mm -hmm. I cannot promise a result to any of my clients. They have to do the work. Yeah. Their transformation is not my responsibility. And so if someone is promising, you know, you'll lose this much weight in this many <laughs> days, or, um, you know, I, I don't even know, but any, any guarantees or promises, I think is kind of sketch. <laughs> um, you know, just like my business coach is not going to guarantee that I make X number of dollars. Like she can't guarantee that the same no. way that I can't guarantee X number of weight on the barbell when you're back squatting or X number of weight lost or whatever. I can't mm -hmm. promise that. Um, anything that looks like it is one size fits all. I think is a red flag because my body is not your body and everyone is different. Yeah. And though I do have like a, a basic curriculum that I use with quite a few of my clients, the conversations that we're having are all different, right? right. And if someone says to me, Hey, this isn't working. My response is not going to be, Oh, well, sorry, this is all I offer. It's going to be okay. <laughs> something that does. Right. And so anything yeah. that looks like it's just this um, cookie cutter plan, mm -hmm. probably not it. Um, I would also say if they're not doing free, some sort of free console or discovery call, even like a 15 minute conversation, that's probably a red flag. Um, uh, I've never hired a coach without getting to know them first. And I have only a couple times and usually through referrals that's the only time that people will be like, yes, like I'm ready. Let's do this. Most of the time, um, understandably people want to hop on a zoom call with me first. Yeah. Um, and I'm totally willing to do that. I think when it, because nutrition and fitness is not as regulated as it should be, I do recommend 
that someone has at least some sort of certification. Mm -hmm. Um, there are so many people working, working with um, (laughs) companies and I'm not here to talk shit about MLMs or network marketing, if that's your thing, uh, cool. Sure. but just being a part of one does not mean that you are certified to be giving nutritional advice or fitness yes. advice. And that has become a huge problem for all of us in the industry. I've had people who are so they've had such bad, um, experiences that they won't, they're like nervous to hire me because they worked with someone who called themselves a health coach and was really just working through an MLM and didn't have any credentials or certifications. Mm -hmm. And that was really traumatizing for them. Um, and so, you know, I, I do think that experience can trump a lot of having a lot of certifications but having a basic understanding of this stuff is really crucial. And so if, if someone says that they can't provide any sort of evidence that they've done a credentialed certification program, I would say that's a problem. Yeah. So those are things to look out for and testimonials. Um, I'm always happy to, I try to share them periodically, but if I ever have someone who's like, "Eh, can I talk to some of your clients? Like, yeah, absolutely. You can talk to some of my Mm -hmm. clients. If I'm saying no to that, there's a problem. <laughs> if I don't yeah. want you to my clients, it's because they're not happy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those are such great points. And it's, you know, it's interesting to me in the nutrition world and well, and in fitness is that really, it, because it is so unregulated that anyone can give advice. It doesn't mean that it's valid. Yes. Or that it's based in any sort of science or reason And, um, you know, it's, it's really to the detriment of the people who are buying these services and these products because they, they might not know. And they just assume that this person who's giving the advice or who's putting the, you know, the, the tag health coach on their Instagram knows what they're talking about. And so it's, that's really important point is that it's not a regulated industry. So anyone can call themselves whatever they want. Um, it doesn't mean you should listen to them. And it's correct. <laughs> yeah. And it's, you know, and yeah. And I see that in my world too, like in, in business coaching and in, in life coaching, there's, there's no regulation, mm-hmm. anything to do with coaching. There's no regulation. So really people need to be aware of that. And so thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, how about boundaries? Like when it comes to navigating through family around the holidays, because I know that that can be, can bring up all kinds of stuff. Like if your aunt is on a diet and wants to tell everyone about it, or someone in your family is eating keto that week, and they're going to, you know, everyone needs to know about it. Um, or if you're, you know, we're on the other side of it, if you're making some choices for yourself to eat in a different way and, and you're working on some things and, uh, and you have family that's like pressuring you to eat things you don't want to eat. Like do yeah. you have some, some tips for how we set and maintain those boundaries around food. Totally. Yeah. This one's tough. And I feel like, um, and this is not everyone, not a blanket statement here, but in my experience, women and entrepreneurs are notoriously <laughs> bad at setting and, uh, maintaining their boundaries. Uh, and I say this as someone who did not set a boundary until I was 31. Like I didn't know what that meant. So I feel you. Um, I think, you know, 
as the person on the receiving end of commentary, it's really important. This is not an excuse for the other person, but is it is helpful and important to understand that a people who comment on other people's food and bodies are insecure with their own eating choices and in their own body. Yeah. No one is going to make a comment to you if they are secure in their food and their body, most likely. And, or it's coming from a place of love. That doesn't mean that it's okay, but it is coming from a place of love. As we talked about a little bit before, we've been conditioned to think that smaller is healthier and larger Mm -hmm. is unhealthy. And so let's say you show up at a holiday dinner and you've gained some weight for whatever reason, it could have been intentional. I've done intentional weight gain before. Mm -hmm. And someone comments on your weight gain. I like to assume that it's coming from a place of love because they care about me. Right. Um, and again, that's not an excuse for them. (laughs) It just makes it a little bit (laughs) easier to take, I think. And, and it allows you to be compassionate toward them and the fact that they are coming from a loving place and they're probably insecure in their own body. Now, when it comes to actually setting the boundaries, This is where, you know, family dynamics can be all over the place. And so it's up to you whether you go with conflict avoidance and you leave or you change the subject. Changing the subject is a great way to not have any conflict, but also honor your own needs, right? Like, oh, why aren't you eating any cookies? How about those Cowboys? You see that football game the other day, right? (laughs) Change the subject. Um, That's kind of more on the um, passive end of the spectrum and, you know, going all the way up to, again, based on your family dynamics, like, why don't you pay attention to what you're putting in your mouth and I'll pay attention to what I'm putting in mine. Yeah. There's anywhere in between also, right? Like, I don't want any cookies. Cool. Great. Or, um, uh, you know, who was it? Melissa, the founder of whole 30, which I have to say just disclaimer, I'm not a big fan of whole 30, the way that most people use it. However, I really like her account and she posted a slide recently on her Instagram with some very to the point statements to use when people make your body or your kids' food in their bodies, um, saying things like, um, well, you know, John actually really trusts his body and he knows how much food he wants to eat and just stick, sticking up for other people, sticking up for yourself, right? Like we were talking about trusting your body. I would say that probably most people don't trust theirs. And so they don't know if they need two plates of food or not, they're going to eat it because it's there, or they're not going to eat it because they're scared that one meal is going to make them fat or whatever that looks like. Um, and so just saying something along the lines of like, I'm actually, I know how much food my body needs, or I really like these foods and I pretty much only eat them at Thanksgiving, but thanks for your (laughs) 0.02. Um, But again, this, these conversations can go so many different ways with different Mm -hmm. relationships and family dynamics. So take your pick from least aggressive to (laughs) aggressive, Um, but removing yourself from the situation is always an option. I had a client say that she worried, um, 
she worried that if she left an event early, it would give the impression that she wasn't having a good time. And I challenged her to think about that from the story or the standpoint of like, this is a story that you're making up about other people. And if they are offended that you leave when you need to leave, that's on them. If other yeah. people are triggered by the amount of food that you know your body needs, that has nothing to do with you. That is a hundred percent on them. Mm -hmm. um, and a really easy go-to, not just for food comments, but for any sort of conversation that you don't want to have is just to say, I'm actually not available for this conversation. I love that one. Leave it at that. Yep. Yeah. I think you know, the thing that <laughs> I see a lot at like, you know, more at Christmas parties or like when friends get together is justifying what we're eating. Mm -hmm. So I'll hear this. And I hear this so often more from women, not yep. to generalize, but more from women than men where they'll be like, oh, I can eat this right now because I was so good earlier. Or I only eat this way once a year, or I only have this kind of cake at this, you know, at this restaurant. So I'm going to indulge today. I'm going to be bad. And that has got to be one of my biggest pet peeves around food because I'm like, you're an adult. You want to eat it, eat it. We don't, you don't need you to, don't justify have to justify it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could just eat it because you want to eat it and that's it. And that's fine. So do you see a lot of that with your clients? Cause I see that when I'm out with friends or more so like not so much family, but social gatherings with friends out for dinner. And then they all want to explain what they're eating and why they're eating it and why it's okay that they're eating it. And I'm like, yeah, just eat it, the food. It's <laughs> thing. My clients actually don't do that, but I see my friends do that. I remember running into a friend at, at the grocery store one night and um, we were chatting, my husband was with me and we were chatting and she was like, oh yeah, I just picking some stuff up for dinner tonight. And we were like, oh, what are you having? Cause we love food and we're curious and we want to know what people are eating. Yeah. Um, and maybe give us an idea. Yeah. She was like, oh, I'm making, I don't even remember what it was like, oh, I'm making meatball sandwiches. I know it's not very healthy, but like, it's just one night. And I was like, this wasn't awkward until you made it really awkward just now. Mm -hmm. And like, I think because of what I do, I'm more sensitive to this than maybe other people. And I notice things that not everyone would notice, but to me, that sends an immediate message that she is insecure in her choices and she doesn't trust herself to make the best choices for her body and her life. Yeah. And, um, I will challenge people cause that's just who I am. And I, <laughs> I have, I coach at a gym and I will hear people say things like that at the gym all the time. I had someone say, um, yeah, you know, I eat clean like 80% of the time. And I was like, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> and she was like, well, like I eat like good food. And I said, oh, what are good foods? Mm -hmm. Because most people can't even, they don't even know what that means. They don't even know what they're saying. They just yeah. hear it from people. And I was like, what do you mean good foods? And she was like, well, like healthy foods. I said, what do you mean by healthy yeah. Like the, none of these words mean no. anything. And she, it was so interesting to just, I could see her wheels spinning. Like, I, 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 I don't know. What that means. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I, I like to tell my clients and I say this on my Instagram, sometimes the only foods that are bad are foods that make you feel bad and foods that taste bad. Yeah. That's it. Um, there's no such thing as good and bad food food has no moral value. And so when people say to use your example, like I'm being good, I'm like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> Who told you that not eating cookies 
meant that you were being good. I think cookies are delicious. And personally, I think yeah. I'm being good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're, they taste good to me. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's so interesting. And again, this is one of those situations where if you feel comfortable bringing it up and like talking about it, I say great because normalizing these conversations is part of what will start to tear down this diet culture. If we just allow people to keep saying these things that are more harmful than of course they mean, they're just going to keep happening. Yeah. So I, like I said, I will say something like a hundred percent of the time. Oh, what, what do you mean by unhealthy? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Yeah. Does that mean foods that you think will make you fat. Cause that doesn't have anything to do with health. Mm-hmm. That's fear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to me though, like the language around diet culture, like you mentioned, like the clean food. Well, what is that? Like, did you do you wash it? You know, did you wash it? Did you, <laughs> was it covered in dirt? Like, what are you eating? Like, right. Like, like what is clean or what is like you said, what is healthy or whole foods? I saw, um, there was a, a video the other day by a dietitian I follow. And she was like, what is a whole food? And she's like, I had a cake. It was whole. I cut a slice. <laughs> it's no longer whole. That's she's awful. like, my pizza was whole. And then I cut it into slices and it's no longer whole. It's not she's, whole. Like, she's like, is that what it means? Cause she's like, I'm a dietitian and I don't know what the word whole foods mean. So funny. And it's, it's true. And from a linguistic, like NLP linguistics point of view is that anytime we have terms like that, that are so open to interpretation, that it's really whoever is selling you the product mm-hmm. now controls the meaning of that. And, and when they do that, then it's easy to sell these bogus solutions to problems that might not even actually even be problems for us. Yep. Yeah. That that language it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. How about like, so if we want to, you know, in terms of shifting this culture and the way people are thinking about their health and their bodies and their food, um, where do we begin as coaches and as leaders? How do, like, what part do we play in it? Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, as coaches, as entrepreneurs, we have, whether we meant to, wanted to or not, we have (laughs) automatically taken the place of being a leader. Like that is innately embedded in what we do as coaches. And so I think, um, you know, it's one of those things, unfortunately, that is probably almost as dicey to go into as like politics and religion and social issues and whatever. But I really think it comes down to standing up for what you believe in so that people know where you stand. Um, I am not quiet about political things because I personally want to know where my money's going if I'm investing in a coach and I want to know if they're aligned with my own values. And I think my potential clients should know the same, right? Like if they don't agree with what I think, then they need to know that in case that means they don't want to invest. And the same thing goes for health and wellness. Um, You know, if I, and I see usually influencers, um, bloggers, you know, they're getting paid to promote some things that are really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I can change their mind. I don't know that anyone can change their mind. Um, I would hope that if they were 
educated that they would understand why these things are problematic. But if that's what they stand for, I guess I'd rather you say it so that I know not to invest in your (laughs) services because that's not aligned for me. I actually just had to stop working with um, someone who took pictures for me. I have a handful of different photographers, but she posted on her store. She has a pretty large following and posted on her stories, some like fad cleanse detox thing. And I was like, well, that's not aligned with my brand. And unfortunately, if people see that I'm working with her, like that is, that's not okay with me. And so these are things that we have to think about. Unfortunately, when we're in these, fortunately, or unfortunately, when we're in positions of leadership is like, what, what kind of language am I using? What example am I setting? Um, whether even people who aren't in health and wellness, like if you're a business coach and you're talking about the importance of taking care of yourself so that you can actually serve your people, taking care of yourself means eating enough food, getting enough sleep. Like if we look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, food, Mm -hmm. water, shelter, sleep, like those are right there at the foundation. And so we have to lead by example. And if our example is buying waist trainers and detoxes Mm -hmm. and cleanses and whatever, like, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that's irresponsible. (laughs) Good. Good. The waist trainers scare me. I have to say, I see them once in a while. (laughs) That looks so, I don't even like wearing like pants that are a little too right you know, a little too tight. I won't wear them. Like I like a good little stretch, a little give in my pants. I couldn't imagine wearing something for the purpose of cinching in. I, and talk about diet culture lies. If you have that thing cinched, you can't even use your abdominal muscles. So you're actually weakening your core. So it just doesn't make any sense. Again, if we were educated, we would know. Yeah. That this doesn't make any sense, but you know what, if you want to wear it, it's not about like they, they sell it to be, it's about strengthening your core, but we all know that's not what it's for. It's the idea that you could do this and your waist will naturally get smaller and fall into that shape. But you're just like, how do you even digest your food with that kind of pressure on your gut? Like, how do you, maybe this is another post that I can look into because I I've heard that it can actually, they can actually do some pretty significant damage to our internal Mm -hmm. organs. Yeah. TBD haven't done my, my research yet, but yeah, I'm sure that PubMed has some, has some good stuff that I can find. Yeah. I would be fascinated to read it because there has to be something like, how can you properly digest? I mean, it just, I, I don't see how it could work. I think that's why we stopped wearing tight corsets to begin yes. with was because of what it was doing to our bodies. <laughs> we were hurting ourselves. Yeah. And then, you know, when you also mentioned like the detoxes and stuff that get pushed online and I've, I've never understood the concept of a detox. Cause I'm like, I think that's what my liver and my kidneys do. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> what they do. Yes. If yeah. you need a detox because your kidney and your livers aren't working, you should for sure go see a doctor. Right. <laughs> for right. sure. Right. Not drink like a detox tea or like do some oh diarrhea. Yes. That's all they do is make you poop. Yeah. And then people think they're losing weight, but really there's just no food inside of them. Yeah. And then they lose water. It's yeah, it's again just 
gimmicky Mm -hmm. quick fix doesn't actually do anything. Well, it's some mental gymnastics around that too. Like I remember back when I was into all the dieting and the, and all the stuff, it was like, you'd weigh yourself first thing in the mornings that you're, cause that's your life. No, you're just empty. <laughs> right. Like, you're not, it doesn't mean you've gained five pounds at the end of the day. It just means that that like you've eaten and you've had uh-huh. water. You've had water. You're no longer dehydrated and you're, yeah. that's it. That's all it is. You can't gain five pounds of fat in a day. No. That's no. like, what is that? Like 15,000 calories or something. Yeah. Yeah. About, yeah. Somewhere around there. That's I'm not good at math, but I think it's about 15,000 calories. Yeah. Not and there's happen. no way. There's no way you could eat that much. You'd be, no. like, you'd be bursting. Like there's no way you could get that much in your body. Oh man. Oh, it's so, but the things that we do and the, yeah, the mental gymnastics we play around this stuff is it's wild. Unreal. Yeah. And think about, you know, especially for entrepreneurs, like think about how much space you would have in your brain for like new products, new programs, showing up for your clients. If we weren't constantly thinking about, oh my God, is my body bigger than it was yesterday? Right. That is just not a good use of our space. No. Or being obsessed with what am I going to eat? When do I like, when am I going to eat it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Think about First of all, just how much more at peace you would be in general. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, for this audience specifically, like how much more room would you have for creation or service? Right. Like, yeah. Wow. Well, and even to make decisions every day, like how can you, mm-hmm. how can you, your brain even begin to function or make clear decisions if you're not fed well? If you're obsessing about your food and what your body looks like, and Um, you're not even taking enough nutrients for your brain to function, how, how can you even begin to make the right decisions in your business? Right. I love that you said that because, um, I was thinking earlier about how running a business is like mostly regulating your nervous system. Oh yeah. If you think about, you know, I tell my clients, my own personal, like non-negotiable when it comes to my health is sleep. Because if I am underslept, I have the emotional bandwidth of like a (laughs) seven-year-old. And I totally get that. Yes. Like I will cry at the drop of a hat and then add on to that, not eating enough food. We're Mm -hmm. done. Like there is no regulating the system. There is no showing up for my clients. Like I cannot imagine having to like running a business is really, really hard yep. Having to do that when I'm underfed, underslept, not taking care of myself. Like there's no way there's absolutely yeah. no way. Oh yeah. And I read, I read something recently about how, um, most women are trying to eat about 1200 calories a day. And I was like, that is not for an adult fully grown woman. Like that is impossible. So four-year-old, actually, four-year-old an active, active four-year-old. Wow. Active four-year-old. And so how could you possibly like run your household, run your business, Mm -hmm. um, manage yourself, like even just take care of yourself on such a little amount of food. I looked at, I looked at what is 1200 calories. And I was like, that is, it made me sad because I was like, I would be very sad if I only ate that. Well, and not only that, like this could be a whole other podcast episode too, but Mm -hmm. under eating is a form of stress on our bodies and chronic stress is one of the absolute worst things for our health. 
So again, with like this cycle of shit that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. if we're trying to be healthy, under eating is not healthy. Yeah. People who underfeed their children end up getting their children taken away from them. Right. But we're grown and we're gonna gonna underfeed ourselves. Like that literally makes no sense. Mm -hmm. We are quite literally neglecting ourselves. Yeah. And you know, then I I have to think like who convinced you that you were not deserving of nutrients? Oh yeah. Yeah. Probably diet culture, though some of us have, you know, trump bigger big T trauma sure. yeah. and things like that. Um, that I don't want to, you know, I would be remiss not to say, but for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Most grown women need anywhere from like 18 to 2600 calories mm-hmm. every day. Yep. That's way more than most people are eating. Oh yeah. And so how do we, you know, how do you even begin to function if you're under eating? You can't. You can't. You can't make your a decision. Metabolism downregulates and then you yeah. can't actually lose any weight. And then like, it's a whole, again, diet culture knows this. The diet industry knows. That's why we, they have repeat customers because they know that we're under eating. They know that our metabolism is wrecked. Um, and it's just, yeah. it's just an ongoing cycle of repeat customers. Yeah. I remember when I was in the fitness industry, having a client come to me and she had done the same, I won't name what the program was, but she had done the same very well-known diet program 11 times. And she said, I think I'm going to go back to this. And I said, well, why? And she said, because it works. And I said, well, if it worked, you wouldn't have had to go back 11 times. If it worked, you would have learned how to take care of your body through it. And, and never have to do it again. You wouldn't be a repeat client. And like 11 times tells me that that's not working for you. Correct. And she's like, but I lose weight every time. And I was like, hmm. but is, is that the mark of success? Because really every diet and every program, every gimmick is designed so that you lose weight. It's not designed that you keep it off and it's not designed that you are healthier. So every, so if we measure them on, if they work based on, do you lose weight at the beginning? Sure. Then they all work. They all work. Yes. (laughs) But the real success should be measured in, have you learned lifelong habits that you can maintain easily without like stress and struggle, but that it becomes really a lifestyle, which they all say they are. And none of them are lifestyles to me. That's a red flag in the diet world is when someone's like, it's a life, it's not a lifestyle choice. Um, (laughs) And it's, you know, and to me, that should be the real mark of success of these programs. And, and none of them offer that. Mm-mm. It's it's like you said, it's designed to create repeat business, mm-hmm. which, you know, from just strictly an isolated business context, great. You have clients for life, but from a health model, it's not healthy. For sure. And a lot of these programs too, and I think this makes it even more challenging to ignore them is they'll, they'll be like doctor approved pictures of MDs on the website and whatever. Well, first of all, unless these MDs did additional training in nutrition, (laughs) doctors spend about two hours learning about nutrition when they're in med school, they have no grounds to be giving nutritional advice though. Most doctors do that's not their job. That's literally why registered dietitians and nutritionists exist is because doctors are not supposed to do that work. And they're getting paid so much money. 
If someone doesn't care and they just want the money and this brand says, Hey, can we put your picture on this thing with a, with a paragraph testimonial and we'll give you 10% of all the sales. Of course, they're going to say yes. (laughs) So just because something is doctor approved does not mean that you should do it. I've heard some really bad nutritional advice from doctors. Mm -hmm. Same. I had a doctor once tell me, just go down to 800 calories a day and you'll be fine. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. I looked at him and I said, I, I couldn't even meet my basic nutritional needs on that. And he was like, take some vitamins. I know I did not follow that advice, but you imagine like 800 calories. That's like, like, that's an eating disorder. That is not like, that is, that is not safe. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that was advice from a doctor, 800 calories a day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, this is why we, it's why we have a problem. That's why you exist. That's why I exist. (laughs) That's why you're here. Yes. Yes. So how do, you know, how do people work with you? What's the best way to work with you? I know you do a monthly webinar, so maybe let's start with that. So for sure, this is something that we, all of us in service probably have thought about, and that is the balance between accessibility and running a sustainable business and the challenge that that is when you care about both. Um, so I do free monthly workshops, um, different topics so far though, if there are some that are a hit, I'll probably cycle back through them. Um, so I've done one on what food actually is. So really diving into Mm -hmm. like what energy balance is micro and macronutrients, what our body's needs are kind of how to figure that out, what to do if we think we've been undernourishing our bodies, Um, I did one on setting boundaries Oh, nice! last month. And then um, this one is all about metabolism. The one that I have coming up, Um, most people don't actually know what our metabolism is or does. They just Mm -hmm. talk about it and like find these metabolism hacks. And it's like, do you even know what metabolism is? Yeah. Nope. Okay, cool. So we're going to dive into that. (laughs) Um, So those are monthly. Um, might do a goal setting one in December. Oh, cool. Just, fun. I think that's fun for right before the new year. We can actually set some goals and figure out action steps to yeah. them instead of just putting it on a vision board and ignoring it for the next 12 months. Yeah. Um, and then um, my actual coaching packages, I have a, a one-on-one coaching package. And then the nutrition empowerment project is for women only. And that's a group coaching program that I'll be launching again in January. It's 12 week program um, that I really, really love. I bring in guest coaches to talk about all sorts of stuff that is outside of my own wheelhouse. And it's really just a super holistic um, community driven program. Um, But yeah, and it's all online. I actually, I know a lot of people pivoted to online during COVID, but I started my business online Mm -hmm. back in 2019. My first clients were, people I knew from back in Iowa and I'm in Dallas, Texas now. So it's all online. Um, great. Yeah. Might, might start doing some person stuff, but, but really the, the meat and potatoes, honey (laughs) (laughs) and potatoes are my online coaching programs. Perfect. And, you know, and I'm always curious how people get into the business that they're in. So how did you get to do what you're doing? 
Yeah, I'll give you the short and sweet version. Um, I actually went to school for music. Um, oh. I have my undergraduate degree in voice performance and music education, and then a graduate degree in voice performance with an emphasis in choral conducting. And I moved to Dallas because I wanted to do music and I still do music. Um, I was through all of that my whole life in music and sports literally from like age four up through college, I played college softball. And then after I graduated from college and I was no longer in organized sports, I realized that I had no idea how to actually take care of my body. And as a singer, that was really important to me because my body is my instrument. And so that's kind of when I just started documenting my own health and wellness journey. I tried different mm -hmm ways of eating, different diets, different workouts. I got into CrossFit. I ran half marathons. I did my yoga teacher training. Like I just was trying all of these things um, and started sharing about it on social media. And people started asking me for help. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't. <laughs> um, and people just like kept asking. And so essentially I had this like wait list of clients and no business. And so that's when I decided, you know, I've always wanted to learn more about nutrition myself. So I invested in Precision Nutrition's level one certification program and I got insurance and just started helping people. Amazing. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Um, still kind of feel like that sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but we've gotten in a groove and it's been, um, I think I had my first clients in like June of 2019. So we're, we're over two years now and almost wow. two and a half. Um, but yeah, I took it full time in May. I was teaching middle school choir and oh. left that job and I've been full time since then. Amazing. Ah. I always love hearing people's stories of how they got into doing what they're doing because so it's never a straight line. It's usually uh -huh. like I started on this direction and this happened and I found myself on this path and then here I am. And this is, you know, we just kind of find our way into what we're meant to be doing. So yep. thank you for, for sharing that. And then just one final thing before, um, before we sign off what would be like the number one takeaway that you'd want them to get from this today? What's the, like the one tip, the one final thought that you'd like to leave them with? Your body knows best. Perfect. Yep. That's yep. it. We don't, know that. we don't necessarily know how to listen to it yet or trust it yet, but truly our bodies are so incredible. They know exactly what they need it's our job to learn how to listen. I love that. Thank you for that. Of course. Thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing all of your wisdom. And, um, and I'd love to have you back again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a blast. Did you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking to Laura? I hope that you got some really great takeaways from this episode and I would love to hear about it. Follow me on my new Instagram account at the Terry Holland. I just started a new account to, you know, fresh start. Why not freshen things up a little bit? And I would love for you to come follow me there. But even more than that, if you got value out of this episode, and I really hope you did, please do me a big, big favor and share this on your social media so that your friends can learn from this as well. So please share it on whatever platform you like to listen to the show on. 
and then tag me on it. I'm the Terry Holland on all platforms now, so you can find me there and, and give me a tag so that I can, um, I can repay your, your share and I can share it back to my platform. Thank you so much for listening today. I value each and every one of you and we'll be back again soon. Have a fantastic day.